0: Okay, guys, I, uh, hey, it's me from the future, I guess, of when you listen to this next portion of the podcast. I'm not going to try and bid your mind with time travel theories, but I do want to warn you for whatever reason, I don't know, because I'm an idiot. I dropped a couple F-bombs, so if you're listening with kids, you might want to maybe not listen to this one with kids. Um, so yeah, sorry about that. I'll, I don't know if I want to keep it clean, but I know I don't want to also be so f bomb Okay, enjoy. (laughs) Oh, hello, Internet land, and welcome back to Episode 7 of the Tapstream Podcast. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. I uh, We're back at it again, doing what we always do, so uh, once again, seriously, it means the world to me that you're listening. I feel like I'm, like, thanking too much. I don't know. Like, the more I think, the more it starts to feel insincere, and I'm worried about that. <laughs> but trust me, I really do mean it. Uh Anyway, if you don't know what this podcast is, it's a whole ball of insecurity. But on top of that, it's uh, usually just kind of um, update on what, you know, what I've been watching, what I've been playing, and um, stream updates. So for those that are new and want to know what this is, if this is your first time listening, my name is Trey. I stream under the account The Tap Stream over on Mixer.com. So it's just a fun little audio diary as I'm still figuring out what the shape of the show is. Um, So... This particular episode, we're going to go ahead and start with what I've been watching. And uh, surprise, surprise, it's actually breaking the format. Because technically, this isn't really a visual show. um, But it's definitely one of the things that's been entertaining me the most this week. So I figured it was worth uh, this section of the podcast. Um, There is another podcast that I have just been devouring this week called The Adventure Zone. And I am utterly blown away by it. One of the most... I think, common type of podcast I, I've heard out of all my years of listening is a, is a group of people who sit down to do a D&D campaign and they podcast every episode. And it's it's rare for me to find one that I want because a lot of times it feels like the people that are making it, their passion is more in the D&D side of things rather than audio and producing a show. So those first episodes are always really hard when it comes to like the audio quality and, and making sure that everything's running smoothly so it's rare for me to find one that's good luckily i have a friend by the name of frothmar who recommended to me the adventure zone podcast and the way that he sold me was that the audio in this podcast was top-notch from the get-go because these are guys these are online content creators who have been doing stuff forever and uh Out the gate the adventure zone is amazing so again I'm explaining this like you might not know what it is I'm probably late to the party because this is a podcast that has started like in 2014 and is still ongoing it's the uh, McElroy brothers Griffin Justin Travis and their father Clint they sit down bi-weekly to do uh, an episode of their D&D campaign and it is just spectacular Um, I think the way that I've been describing it to my friends is that I've never seen anything be so absurd wholesome and spontaneously vulgar on a whim and it's just this perfect combination of of flipping between those natures that just makes it great and even though i don't have the most amount of experience in dnd because i've only like i've only ever played a one-off shot with a friend some like streamer friends and that was fun but i wouldn't say that i have like a deep understanding of the dnd game um it's this this podcast is like welcoming to me as a newcomer and i really like that and i don't i don't even think that they're too beholden to the rules of the game and they will definitely put the entertainment value of the show first over the strictness of the rules if that makes sense so, yeah, I mean, that I mean, that's what I've been watching. I'm on episode seven, which I believe is the third episode of the second chapter of their overall campaign. And again, I cannot recommend this month uh, enough because it has been exciting to listen to. Um, so, yeah, that'll be it. I didn't get to go see a movie this week. I didn't watch anything on Netflix. Um, well, I, I take that back. I did watch Doctor Strange again today, but I mean, that movie. Wow, did that come out in 2014? When did that come out? It's been a while now. I don't think that's true and <laughs> demonic steven if you're listening i know you'll correct me and i appreciate you which by the way into the wonderful podcaster um super mega turbo crash bros you should check it out great people uh i'm sure i'll link it in the description so you can find it too um regardless i watched dr strange and it was really interesting getting to see that now living in a post uh, avengers infinity war world um because i had honestly forgotten how for you know to put it bluntly how big of an asshole he was at the beginning of that movie and it was really cool watching his journey from there to where he ultimately ends up in infinity war um i'm not gonna get too deep into it so we're not gonna go over spoilers but that was fun to kind of you know sit down and watch again anyway i'm gonna go ahead and move on to the bulk of this podcast which is gonna be what i've been playing because i actually got uh further in twilight princess and i got to try out a new game mega man 11 so i'm gonna go ahead and start with that um on tuesday i ended up streaming twilight princess and i ultimately got stuck and so in my frustration i decided to just stop because i didn't want to end the stream but i was definitely done with twilight princess and i loaded up Mega Man 11 and it was really funny and a lot of the chat was quick to point out to me that it was it was hilarious that i was going from one frustrating experience to ultimately what would be another frustrating experience and um they were right, like Mega Man 11 was incredibly difficult, but it was in a way that didn't make me feel like I was beating my head. Um, Mega Man 11 seriously is the carrot on the end of the stick called just one more because you feel like you can do it. Like it's it's one of those games that excels in feeling fair, but incredibly difficult. Um, so anytime that I died or anytime that I didn't just quite make, to make it to where I was going, I could see how it was my fault, and it made me want to do better on that next round. Um, So yeah, I, I, I was really enjoying it. I only got to play about an hour and a half of it, and I've yet to find more time to get back to it, and shamefully, in that only hour and a half, I did not beat the first level. But I'm okay with admitting this, because a good friend of mine, Big Green Bomb, who is a Mega Man fanatic, even mentioned that he couldn't get through it, so this being one of my first Mega Man experiences or at least one that i've dedicated enough time to i was okay with it and um yeah i mean the game looks incredibly gorgeous it's it's i don't know if this is even the right way to describe it it's like bubbly in a way like the the characters themselves are stick out against the uh, backdrop which is really nice not to say that the backdrop's not that pretty it's just like the characters are vibrant and everything that's happening on screen just looks uh, well done I really like it um, I think the easiest comparison is to mighty number no. nine but I've always thought if my understanding mighty number no. nine was always like a spiritual successor of Mega Man so this is probably like a return to form I don't know if it's the same people that are involved but that's something I should have looked into before I got into that topic um so yeah only got about an hour and a half into it I'm looking forward to playing more hopefully um hopefully it won't be because I am rage quitting another game um I'm gonna try and see if I can find ways to split up my new stream hours so that I can do both our scheduled game and then have some time at the end of the stream to just kind of like fart around and and play other things because I have new Super Mario Brothers Deluxe coming through Gamefly and I, I I don't know if I want to dedicate whole stream days to it, but I definitely want to get it on stream, so we'll see. But yeah, that brings it to Twilight Princess, uh, which I've talked about before. I I did it for the 24-hour stream. I did a little bit of it last week. Um, I've been chugging along pretty pretty consistently. I would say I'm probably um, really close to beating it. I probably got about a fourth of the game left, um, and I almost quit <laughs> for anybody that is familiar with twilight princess there is a particular section where you come to this mansion that is being kept by yetis and it broke me um it's first of all the biggest offense that it's got going for it is that it's fucking ice themed <laughs> so i ice and underwater levels are the bane of my existence in video games because it plays with what your understanding of the physics of the game is The physics that you're used to in the game, it plays with those. So the entire game you've spent knowing how fast you're running or how quick you stop or how high you jump. And then you get on ice levels and you start slipping and sliding around and it's just not a fun experience. (laughs) I don't like it. And so there was a lot of that in this mansion section in Twilight Princess. So I was already on edge. But to top it off, everything in that mansion looked exactly the same for, and for someone who has such a terrible sense of direction, I just kept getting lost and lost and lost and I didn't know what to do so after about beating my head for three hours I just finally exclaimed that I couldn't do it and normally that would be the end of the story and I would move on but because I am me and I am prone to making terrible mistakes uh, which is my shtick on stream I ended stream by switching over to Mega Man 11 and completely forgot that I did not save on the Wii U and now most modern consoles have the suspend resume feature which totally prevents situations like this unfortunately the Wii U is not a modern console and I awoke on uh Wednesday morning horrified realizing what I had done and so every little bit of progress that I made in the first go around through the mansion was just lost and so I spent Thursday no I spent uh when was it when, what's my new schedule Tuesday Wednesday I spent Wednesday uh doing it all over again and so I was really worried that Twilight Princess was going to be put on the back shelf and just like I don't know. I just didn't know if I had the, the fortitude to go through that mansion again. But fortunately, since I did already know how to complete a lot of the puzzles, it was a lot quicker to get through, and we ultimately beat it and another temple in Twilight Princess. So I'm feeling a lot better about it than I, I was on Wednesday morning, and I'm glad. Because despite that one little hiccup, I really am enjoying this game, and I didn't want it to turn out to be like another Wind Waker. Which, fun fact, for those who don't know me... Um, I don't like Wind Waker which seems to put me in the minority of uh, Zelda fans and a lot of it had to do with a very similar situation and to describe it would be hard because I don't know if this is a big spoiler it is an old game but I like to I err on the side of conscience. Um, if you don't know in T- Legend of Zelda Wind Waker there is a part of towards the back half of the game where you were sent on these collectibles uh, and you're sailing around and looking for them and they're not the most easiest thing to find so it gets real tedious and I spent an entire stream doing it and I was totally fine to be done with it, ended stream and accidentally kicked the Wii U power power plug out from the wall and lost all that progress again and had to do that twice. Ultimately, I did beat Wind Waker, but that was enough to sour me for the rest of the experience. And on top of that, I mean, there were some other things I didn't like about it, how basically it felt too bare. Like, it felt like the beginning half of the game was great, and then it just became like this bare experience going, you know, like crossing the ocean to get where you needed to be next. Regardless, we're not here to talk about that. It's just, I'm cursed on the Wii U when it comes to Zelda's. So, (laughs) that's all I, I wanted to say about that. But uh, we'll see. I, if, I, if I were a betting man, I would say this coming Tuesday and Wednesday, which is when I'm going to be doing more Twilight Princess, I want to say I have a good shot at beating it. Barring any kind of mess-ups like with the mansion, I'm pretty positive we can beat it. And I'm kind of excited. Um, I, I've got a lot of games to get to. I know we still need to finish World of Light and Smash Bros. I need to finish Pokémon Let's Go. And... Um, Yeah, I just, I want to be clear, because we've got games coming up in 2019 that I'm really excited about, and I don't know when they're going to drop, and so we're going to talk about them. If you paid attention to the title of this podcast, it's called The Top 8 Most Anticipated Games of 2019, and I I sat down today and I was looking at all the ones that have been announced, because God knows it's probably going to be more that are just surprise dropped on us. But I got a list of all the ones that have been announced, and um, I, I narrowed it down to the eight that I'm the most excited for. And as I was prepping a little bit more, I found out on this list there was only one that had an actual release date. So we're going to start with the one that has a release date. Um, so these are not in, not in any particular order. It's just I'm going to start with this one. Uh, Yoshi's Crafted World comes out on march 29th 2019 it is a yoshis game for the nintendo switch and it has like this woolly world-esque look to it but not just limited to everything being made of wool and, and yarn you know it's kind of like got a craft book feel to it and it looks incredibly adorable as yoshi games tend to be and i loved woolly's Woolies world enough to just be excited for this one um I think one of the things that made Woolly World so special is that it nailed co-op platformers in a way that I don't think any other game has done before. Like even Donkey Kong or um, New Super Mario Brothers, like it always felt like co-op in that game was a hindrance to each other. But in Yoshi's Woolly World, the co-op felt really nice. Granted, not granted, mainly because the way that you could interact with the second player felt more than just actually, more than just bumping into each other. Because I remember you could like, given yoshi's tongue ability you could eat the other player and shoot them as an egg to get to other platforms and do all these platforming co-op tricks and it was nice if that carries over into crafted world i'm going to be really excited for it now that all depends on whether or not yoshi's crafted world is going to have online co-op i doubt it but you never know maybe there'll be like a special thing where i can have a, a local player come play with me too but um yeah, I think they're called friends, you lonely fuck. No, I um uh, <laughs> I uh I'm I'm just excited for it. I mean I I tweeted about it earlier this week where I didn't I didn't realize how like I've never called myself exclusively a Nintendo streamer, but the most happiest I've been on stream is when I'm playing Nintendo games. I mean of course it all started with Super Mario Maker. Uh the thing that made me realize it here lately is that I've been playing uh Super Smash Bros. Uh, Twilight Princess and Let's Go Pokemon. And it's just, they're such feel good games. So, having Yoshi's Crafted World in my arsenal will be another one that's just great to, to have around. All right, so that's the only one with a specific date. Um, that's the only one with a specific date. So, we're going to go ahead and keep the theme with Nintendo and go to the other game that I'm really excited for, and it's Luigi's Mansion 3. Uh, this game was announced uh, last year, I want to say in November or October. Not 100% sure on that. Um, And we don't know a lot about it. It's just it had an announcement trailer um, and that's it. There's I was going to say there's not a lot of story details, but when is story pretty heavy in you know, Mario games. Um, But I'm excited because Luigi's Mansion was a really, really great game. I remember just playing the hell of that, the hell out of that when I was a kid. And then even Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon or it's not Dark Side of the Moon. I'm going to Google this. I don't want to be wrong three times in a row. Luigi's Mansion Dark, just called Dark Moon. Cool. Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon. Even that one on the 3DS was a really fun playthrough. Although it was definitely geared towards being a mobile experience in the way that it was segmented. I'm hoping Luigi's Mansion 3 will be more of a return to form of the original game and feel like one cohesive experience. Um, And I'm excited for it. So hopefully, hopefully, if I had a guess, I would imagine that that's gonna be probably their June, July game, somewhere around there, um, because usually, usually like September, October, November, those are like the big months for games. If I had to guess, whatever the mainline Pokemon game is gonna be, um, the you know the one that's actually more oriented towards the core players outside of Pokemon Let's Go. I would believe that's going to be Nintendo's big game and possibly Metroid 4, but uh, we'll see. So I guess this could kind of serve as like a did Trey nail it or did Trey screw it kind of episode. We can look back on this and see when these games ultimately decided to come. So if I'm looking quickly here at my list that does it for the nintendo games i'm gonna go ahead and move to another one that's kind of thematic not necessarily made by nintendo but it has the spirit of nintendo in it Uh, i mentioned that super mario maker is one of my favorite games Um, essentially if you don't know what that game is it was a 2d mario creator so essentially you would have templates from like new super mario brothers super mario brothers 3 the original super mario uh, and super mario world And you could create your own level within those themes that looks like those games and When you finished that level you were given a level code that you could just share with other people so that they could play your level Brilliant and to pair that with streaming as the streamer where viewers would give me their level codes And I would play them on stream and it was just this instantaneous like feedback That game was perfect for me at that time now Nintendo has not said if there's any news on a sequel or a port to the Switch, and it has just been barren waiting to see what they're going to do with it. So enter in a game called Levelhead, and I'm really, really excited about this game, so I'm going to make sure that I do this again. Levelhead. One word, no spaces. I'm so excited for this game. It is essentially what Super Mario Maker is, um, made from an indie developer, and it looks like it's upping the ante. So again, everything that Super Mario Maker had where you know you build levels and you send it, except this one has the ability to create in co-op, which Super Mario Maker didn't. So that that in itself is really cool. Now, I'm not much of a creator type, so I never really spent a lot of time in the level creators, but I'm excited to have that option for the people who did because they have such like amazing people out there that will make these grandiose levels. Now, the thing that makes me excited about that is... They give you tools in the creator to develop with co-op in mind. I hope I'm doing a good enough job of explaining this, because again, this is like an audio-only experience, duh, but we'll see. Let me know. (laughs) The thing that gets me excited is, say for example, two players come up to this gap, and there's a switch that activates a bridge, and if you... Step off the switch, the bridge is gone. So what you do is you have one player step on the switch, the other player crosses the bridge to another switch that the first player can then move away from with the bridge still remaining intact. That kind of design will make so many more possibilities for creators to send levels. And if the on, if the co-op is online play, I can see myself playing this game for a really long time. Now, the caveat is definitely the reason super mario maker was so big was because of the community levelhead will live or die based on its community so i'm doing what i can now to kind of like try and raise awareness for people who are also platformer fans to kind of like pay attention to this game because i really want to see this game succeed um and so we'll see i mean that's it's it's why it's the number three on my top eight anticipated games of 2019 uh, again there's no concrete release date the last i heard from them is that it's you know soon so we'll see if i had to guess if i had to guess i could see this game being like in a march april window um maybe not march because we have super meat boy forever coming around then um they probably given the similarity of the games don't want to go head to head so probably april ish but uh we'll end up seeing how that goes okay and then from there i'll keep this thematically with the platformers and go to ori and the will of the wisps um ori and the blind forest may be up there in the top 10 games i've ever played um which i know i I give my favorite game ever title to a lot of games i'm very hyperbolic and very excitable but if i i guess i just need to sit down one day and list out the top 10 games but i'm positive or in the blind force would be up there uh it was this beautiful metroidvania style game where you were just traversing this this like i don't know i was gonna say luscious but why does that feel creepy it was just this beautiful like painted world and the platforming was so incredibly tight and the way that you traversed from platform to platform and the tools that they gave you with the um I want to call it like hook shot but it's not a hook shot where basically you would like sling yourself off from these points or enemy projectiles or even off enemies and then just continuously move through the level it was go- it was great it was a really fun time um definitely hard but worth the struggle if you kept at it and it was very moving too um <sighs> trying to think of how to describe it without getting into spoilers whoa oh. I don't know if the audio was picking that up. There was some screaming outside. Sorry about that. See, if I was a professional, I'd edit around this, it around this, or slow the fuck down. Regardless, <laughs> "Ori in the Blind Forest" was a wonderful time. So the follow-up to it, "Ori in the Will of the Wisps," is coming again #hashtag soon, and I'm excited about it as well. As well, it looks like it's picking up right where the first one left off. And the thing that makes me the most excited about it is I remember reading an article with the developers who said that they're really they're really wanting this game not to just be good and succeed even further than where the first one did. They want this one to be genre-defining. Now, if you paid attention to what I said, Metroidvania was the way that I described this game. If you're not familiar, Metroidvania is a mashup of two, genre, two games, Super Metroid, or well, I guess Metroid, and Castlevania. Because those games were so influential that they they spawned off their own genre where we see, you know, like last year, I felt like it was the year of Metroidvania games. Um, you know, they were so influential that so many games after them like took influences. Um, redundant much? So, so Ori and the Will of the Wisps is looking at what they've done and they want to be the new standard moving forward. And that's exciting. Of course, you know, anybody can hype up their game. But I have a feeling as good as the first one is, they can live up to it. And I really hope that that's the case. Um, So, yeah. All right, that's what? One, two, three, four. All right, number five. Uh, Cuphead, the delicious last course. This is a DLC expansion for, was it two years ago? Cuphead came out. And that game was just devoured by so many people because the hand-drawn style... That was like an homage to the 1930s cartoons um, paired with the incredibly difficult um, boss fights just made it a memorable experience. And it, it was for me like I I spent a really long time trying to beat that game and ended up taking like a three month break but still came back to it to finish it up because it was just so tantalizing and I wanted to finish it. So, of course, when they announced uh, another expansion for the game, I was all on board. And the cool thing about it is that they're bringing a new character by the name of Miss Chalice, and she will be playable uh, among the other two guys. So I'm excited for that, too. I don't know if she's going to have any different abilities. I only ever played um, with—is his name Cuphead? I'm going to double-check this again. Steven, you got me. You got me fact-checking, man. I guess I got to be a responsible uh, podcaster cuphead protagonist let's see yes cuphead (laughs) it's in the title um only ever played as cuphead so i never saw how Mugman felt to play the second player character but i'm imagining across the board they're all the same so it's just aesthetics um but i don't know you know it's always cool to have new things i'm i i can't wait to see what they're gonna do um the game originally was divided up in like aisles where they had their own sets of bosses. So hopefully, um, not hopefully, they said that there's gonna be new aisles and new bosses and new challenges. So it doesn't seem like this is just gonna be like a little rinky-dink expansion. This is looking like a media experience. So whenever that drops, I'll be more than happy to, to pay the admission and get in because this game has won my heart. And um, I'm ready to also have it break my heart again because it's really difficult. <laughs> okay all right from there where do I want to go I'm trying to be as thematic as possible but I don't see I don't oh here we go tunic um, not necessarily platformer or, or as far as I know incredibly difficult but it is you know another indie developer uh, tunic is this isometric uh, action-adventure game where you play a little fox and it is very inspired by the 2d zelda games and i actually had the fortune of playing this at twitchcon two three years ago now twitchcon uh 2017 and it felt wonderful and it's got this almost muted vibrance to it i don't know if that's even the right word obviously i'm not a designer or good or visual descriptions but it It was fun to explore and it was fun to attack the enemies that they gave you and then building this sense of security and warmth of adventure it also was quick to dash it by the time i got to the demo's first boss and he became this towering thing that was just dwarfing my my fox character um and then things got real and having it like to having it be able to jump between that adventure and whimsy and then immediately get serious with the combat was a really fun experience so again another game that doesn't have an, a concrete release date but i'm hoping soon because i want to play it I'm, i actually don't have a gut feeling when this was coming out but screw it let's let's shoot for the moon i would say tunic is coming august 2019 and we'll see <laughs> we'll see if that happens uh, Alright, so... From there, we're getting to some... Uh, oh no, we only got two more. Okay, so I'll go with these two. Uh, Doom Eternal. So Doom is a franchise that I know is incredibly beloved. But I had never played one until the 2016... Um, I don't believe it was a reboot, but it was a 2016 edition of Doom. And it was the purest adrenaline, adrenaline rush that I've ever had in a video game. And usually I say this as maybe like a knock-on games, but I, I mean this in the positive way. Doom felt like the game that they describe whenever you're watching a TV show. Like it's just this like, you know, testosterone boosting, like shoot them up running around, ripping demons apart, and traveling through, I believe, hell, and having all these giant explosions, and, and it's just amazing and i was literally screaming and it, i've actually said this before and someone told me that i'm always screaming i no, i was like like rage screaming because i was just so excited and i felt like powerful when i was playing this game so again last year doom eternal was finally announced and it's looking to have that same rush with an upped annie because um, i remember there was something in the trailer like with hookshot where you could kind of traverse in a new way and get to enemies quicker um so I'm really excited to see whatever that's going to be about uh do I want to call a a date on this one I'll say I'm going to say November and again we can look back on this and see see if I was right all right I think that's going to bring us down to the last one and I don't even know if this one is actually scheduled to be in 2019 because it's also ambiguous on when it's supposed to release but I'm just gonna assume it is until we're told otherwise. The Last of Us Part Two. Um, if you've played PlayStation, whether on the PlayStation 3 or PlayStation 4, I know you know The Last of Us um, by Naughty Dog, uh, a company that excels on heart-driven narratives and um, incredibly photorealistic characters, even down like to the nitty-gritty of their facial expressions. They are just a wonderful studio. And The Last of Us Part Two is picking up after the first installment, which was just an absolute rip of the heart. Um, I played through that game twice, the first one. And both times it just managed to be an experience unlike any other that I've played in a game before. And I know that they get ripped apart sometimes because it feels like they're just these movies that you're walking through that doesn't matter to me I'm, I'm i love naughty dog i love the stories that they tell i love the characters that they bring to life and i like the gameplay you know whether whether how minimal you want to say it is i i enjoy their gameplay last of us part two i have seen an announcement trailer the one with ellie playing the guitar and it's really moody and it's this um almost i don't want to say character change but it's this it makes me feel worried about the character of ellie because something seems wrong she seems incredibly angry when in the first game she was this symbol of hope and she was carefree and excited and everything you would expect a kid to be in a normal world but it was even more special because she was in an apocalyptic world where everything including hope was gone so to see that change in ellie is alarming and i think it's setting the precedent of how dark this game is going to get. Now, this is where I'm kind of a bad podcaster because any other person would have gone and looked up the trailer for this. I have made the conscious decision that I am not going to look up any more trailers for The Last of Us Part 2 because I know it's a game that I want to play, and so I'm not going to go look at anything else. I'm sold. I don't need to see anything else. I want my experience to be as fresh as possible when I sit down and stream it. So... (laughs) i know we have gotten more story beats revealed to us and i've even read countless articles stating how gruesome and violent the trailers have been um and i there's all this controversy around it but i'm i'm blind to it at this point so i'm i'm excited i don't know what to expect and that's what's the most exciting part about it anyway that's the top eight most anticipated games of 2019 for me um and uh yeah we're gonna see last of us part two i you know what i'm 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 calling babe ruthing this i know this one's right last of us part two is going to be november sometime november 2019 that's when that's when that one's going to come out that seems prime time for playstation 4 um and i feel 100 on that one uh but yeah so those are just you know eight of the most anticipated games uh i know there's more there's like halo infinite which we still have less details on gears 5 Uh, super meat boy forever Um, there's a bunch of games this year so i couldn't fit them all on my list i wanted to keep it some that were just more personal to me um but i want to hear from you at the tap stream on any social media uh let me know what games are you excited for in 2019 um and um tell me about them i'd love to know so that does it for that part of the gaming section i want to go ahead and wrap up the podcast with a little bit of stream updates uh, again, if you don't know who I am, I'm Trey from The Tap Stream. I stream on Mixer.com slash The Tap Stream. I stream Tuesday through Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Central Standard Time to 10.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. Um, I, uh, I've been streaming on Mixer for about seven or eight months now. I can figure that out, but I don't want to stop. Um, and I'm, I hit a milestone this past week. I crossed the 1,000-follower mark, and that's a really good feeling. I know numbers are always like a weird thing, to talk about among content creators, um, I guess, cause it's like gaudy or whatever. And I personally stray away from it too, because I know what I'm going for is, is more than just numbers. Like for me, it's always the community feel that I'm striving for. So eventually numbers become numbers. I feel like I'm digging myself in a hole. What I'm trying to say is this milestone is still pretty cool to me. Um, I don't know how many people know this, but back when I was still on Twitch, I had a personal account that we were streaming from and I remember that first time that we hit 50 follows and I was over the moon because at the time like I didn't I didn't know what I was doing I didn't think anybody was going to watch and hitting those 50 follows was was special to me and then of course as I started getting more serious about it I thought okay well my personal name is not marketable we need to come up with a name that is is something that's bigger than me uh, something that will last, and something that we can really build around. And so, of course, the tap stream is what we ended up coming with, and we moved over to a new channel from my personal channel because at the time, Twitch didn't allow you to do name changes. And I remember when I did that, I thought I was making a mistake because I thought, my God, I just hit 50 follows. I'm never going to do this again. That was lightning in a bottle, and it's, it's going to be... I, I've, I fucked up. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Well, of course, that was not the case, and we've hit many milestones on the Twitch side of my accounts, um, and then (laughs) came time to move to Mixer, and I remember, I mean, anybody, probably some of the people that were listening here uh, right now to this podcast will know I talked about it for, like, three months, Uh, just, like, nonstop messaging friends worried and just torn between what I wanted to do, whether I wanted to stay to Twitch or whether I wanted to move to Mixer, and I just kept having that same debate again. Am I making a mistake? Am I throwing away everything that I had on Twitch to try and follow this hunch that I have with Mixer? Is it even gonna take off? Is the Mixer community gonna be something that, um, it, it will, am I gonna be something that the Mixer community wants? So of course, here we are at the 1,000 follower mi- milestone and it's, it's, it's a good feeling. It's, I don't know, it makes me feel better. It, it feels like this is number 50 all over again. Um, and I'm so thankful to have everybody that watches, everybody that tunes in, um, you know, cause that's what that number ultimately represents is the people around me. And so to have that milestone finally checked off it, I'm happy feel like i'm talking in circles so i'll just leave it at there i'm i'm happy and thank you for that because it's a two-way street i never i don't hit a thousand followers with everybody that tunes in and not only just the stream but the people that are listening to this and the people that are sharing it and whatnot so thank you from the bottom of my heart um so another new thing i guess i should have ended on that because that was a fucking mic drop right i <laughs> i uh i I, wanted, I have two more things to talk about um I do want to say since this is the first week that we are fully into the new stream schedule um, we are fully into the new stream schedule Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 5.30pm Central Standard Time, it's about 5 hours of streaming and I am liking it, it is a bit of an adjustment um, I the, today I'm recording this at well technically Sunday 1230 a.m., but it was weird not streaming Friday or Saturday and it's going to be weird not streaming Sunday or Monday but I, I am enjoying having focused streams not that I was ever unfocused but it's nice to know that i have this like buildup of expectation for those three days which actually funny enough this past thursday i would probably say i un- i did not live up to that expectation uh because for whatever reason i got really tired regardless whatever not the point i'm liking it and it's really fun and it seems to be working um again numbers are gaudy but I have noticed an uptick in the average concurrent viewers. And a lot of that has to do with the people, wonderful supportive people on Mixer who have been hosting me after their streams due to my new time slot. uh, A lot of which happen to be the Variety Pack stream team. Shameless plug. Uh, a team that I'm super proud to be a part of mixer.com slash variety pack slash team. Wait, no mixer.com slash team slash variety pack. So if you, any of you are listening, thank you. That means the world to me that you are sharing your communities with me. Um, I know that is not something that people do lightly and it is an honor that you trust me with that. Um, So thank you for making the new schedule work and um, making me feel comfortable. And then finally, the second thing. uh, So if you This is the last episode I talked about how I disassembled my entire stream setup and I got a new stand where it was two, um, um, two landscape monitors stacked on top of each other and my stream cam in the middle of that so that I could keep my chat window above the webcam so I could make contact easier with people when I'm talking on stream that is a huge adjustment uh (laughs) i don't i i haven't even gone back and watched the vods yet because i've honestly been kind of scared um i feel like i'm staring directly into people's souls like i'm not used to to looking at the camera for that long um so yeah i uh that's been an adjustment i don't know if i like it or if it's just going to take time um but ultimately we will see i think that about do it i think that does it uh seriously thank you all for listening we're this is the longest episode i've done so far imagine what happens when you actually sit down and plan out an episode right (laughs) right uh and it wasn't even that much planning all i did was just google 2019 games god I, i really need to figure out something to do with this but until then Thank you for listening thank you for sharing if you did enjoy this don't forget to like comment star subscribe whatever it is you do on your podcast platform of choice it would mean the world to me if you do it it helps with the ratings it pushes me up so people can see the stream and uh stream podcast never mind don't rate it just one star it Um, but if you enjoyed me personally, uh, at the tap stream on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, uh, I'm on all the social medias doing all the social things, um, posting updates and clips of the stream. So you can get a bite-sized idea of what I do on mixer.com slash the tap stream, where I stream on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, I also have a website, the tapstream.com, which is currently still under renovations, but it has a blog update and, um, And uh, a Discord link if you'd like to join this amazing community. So just look to the menu bar. You'll find the Discord link. It'll give you a link so you can automatically join. And we'd love to have you. Now, I'm going to end the stream with this. (laughs) Stream. I'm going to end the podcast with this. Uh, I always ask people what's been the highlight of their day. So we're going to take this weekly podcast and ask, what's been the highlight of your week? If I had to pick a specific moment, I believe the highlight of my week would be the 1,000 followers on Mixer uh, like I said, it's not because of the number, but because of the number the people that that number represents. And so, yeah, I've been doing this for three years and it, to have that kind of support for this long is incredible to me. So thank you. But you tell me your highlight. What is the highlight of your week at me on any social media platform and use the hashtag the tapstream highlight. Even if you want to comment it down below here, if you're watching on the YouTube side of things and uh, I'll check it out. Till next time, I love your faces. Thank you for listening to this episode and I'll see you around. Keep celebrating.